0: It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. My name's Alan Deegan and I'm sitting in the Connacht Hotel with William Davis. Good evening, William.
1: Good evening, Alan.
0: We're here because the Connacht were showing off their their new stadium. But before that, you are in the sports ground today. Who are you talking to?
1: I was talking to Nigel Carrollin, the backs coach, and uh, Jared Butler, team captain. And they're getting ready to take on the Ospreys in the brewery field in Bridgend on Friday night. And this is what they had to say. Nigel, looking back at uh, last Saturday, any regrets on going a bit under strength maybe when the result comes up?
2: Yeah, the only regrets were on the scoreboard. Um, You know, I thought our attitude toward the game and our preparation was uh, no less than it would have been if we were were at full strength. But, you know, we're fully aware that, um, you know, looking at the training and and match loads that some of the players had experienced over the, the last... Ten weeks that we need to build depth in the squad and sort of rotate the, the players as well. So, um, you know, it also adds to the you know to the morale and the squad if guys are getting opportunities that they feel that they deserve as well. So it's good to see, you give them a chance. But um, no, I thought we started the game very brightly and um, we controlled the game for for most of that first half. And uh, I thought we were very efficient. We had three opportunities and we got three scores. So. Uh, we were really pleased. I mean, a little bit disappointed we gave up a try just before half time, but we started the second half well. And I think it was around 48 minutes. You know, the tide just started to turn for us, and we gave up a, a penalty at a scrum. And I think three, four penalties later, they were we were camped on our line and under pressure, and um, the cracks started to appear at that stage. And um, what well, we thought we'd recover, we'd a line break into a. We thought we were going to get a score and intercept, and then they, you know, unfortunately, it turned at the other side. But you know, I think the fact that there was a lot of new players a lot of young blood got some experience guys like Cohen O'Donnell Matthew Burke uh, Conor Fitzgerald Cone de Butler that's real positive and it's um, you know it adds to the depth and the options that we have in the squad and, and those guys certainly didn't let themselves down did
1: the concentration go a little bit on, a, on a, maybe a couple of decisions that were made by the officials did, did they was there sort of a they were still playing through that even when the game was going on There players are still thinking about that a little bit was, is that just inexperience
2: Yeah, I think there's a bit of naivety there too, and you know it's something that we've already had a look at in our review. And you know, is that when the whistle blows, that we you know we don't question the referee, we get back into position and we react to the you know to the situation rather than uh, and be try and be proactive about it rather than try to give out about the situations because you know we're not going to change a referee's mind once he's he's blown that whistle.
1: Friday night, one of those season-defining games potentially. Season defining
2: or season shaping? It's um, you know I think maybe our season mightn't be defined on it, but I think there's a really good opportunity to shape where we are in this conference. And uh, you know, Ospreys are second at the moment on 18 points, and we're, we're not far behind them on 15. So um, you know, when you play against uh, any team in your conference, uh, there's there's a big swing in there. And um, you know, if if a team wins, you're denying that team in their conference the opportunity to to get on the. You know, to work their way up the the log there. So we we've we've gone over fully um fully focused on, on, on turning them over. This is a big game for us and we, you know, we're treating it as such and uh you know, I think we're um you know, with the the squad after being rested, guys are are fresh and, and really looking forward to, to taking a scalp over there.
1: It's not been played in the usual venue, it's moved to the brewery field so slight potential you'd call that a neutral venue Connacht are one and one, one play two one one lost one but they haven't been there for years
2: yeah I, I don't think it suits um, it certainly doesn't suit the Ospreys not been at their home venue but uh, you know between the Ospreys and ourselves we're, we're two teams that you know like to play a high tempo game and um, you know but we know that the surface on at Bridge End is, is pretty good and you know I think it's if anything, we don't really mind where we play. Said so if anything, it, you know, if it takes away their home advantage, um, you know, hopefully it gives that one percent um, back in, in into our uh, to our side. We'll we'll take it.
1: You're talking there about uh, how the the season comes around like this, but is is there more of an understanding this season maybe about the inter conference games that sides are getting used to this now, and they really are setting them up as they're almost like all eight point games. Yeah, there are. Um, I don't think we're going to play down
2: you know play, we play the dragons next week at home because it said uh you know there's an opportunity for us there for for more points as well, but I think when you play against a, a team within your your conference, i said you've you got to be very conscious that if you can not only take the points yourself but deny them points that it all adds up at the end of the season, and um uh, you know all the points within your conference are very important when it comes to the you know at, at the back end of the season.
1: Sides are very close. I think 14 tries for Connacht, 17 for the Ospreys, a couple of points in it. But both sides gone in fully loaded. So is it is, is it going to be about accuracy and maybe just using the possession? Very much um,
2: Ospreys. The way they defend, they, they try and hold you up and, and really slow down your breakdown. So that's been a, a big focus for us this week is making sure that our breakdowns aren't aren't slow that we can play a high tempo game and um, any of the teams that have scored against them scored against them by playing with tempo and, and, and taking advantage of any opportunities there are on those edges and um, and that's what we're focused about I think uh, our kicking game is going to be really important putting the ball in behind them and recognising when we don't have tempo that we, you know, anytime we've kicked more than the opposition we've got a really good return so um I think that's that's really how we're going to approach the game. is is Let's try and play high tempo, and if if we lose it, it's, we're not going to be afraid to put the ball in behind them. But it's uh, there's not much between the sides. They're 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 quality team. They're fully loaded with internationals, and we're well aware. And um, you know, but we took we took a scalp off them here at home last year, and you know, and they they, they gave us a, a bit of a drop in when we were over there at the end of the season. So, you know, there isn't much between the sides. We know if if we're fully focused, we're you know we're going to be preparing to. Um, you know to just perform and he said just focus on all the small things making sure we're accurate set piece at the breakdown catch pass and our tackles and um, you know and if we can do that I think the result should look after itself
1: Would you have a specific plan for George North if he plays he's a man who can do immense damage from virtually nowhere
2: Yeah look I think it's important that we've uh, we get two guys to jump on his back and make sure we bring him to ground (laughs) as early as possible
1: and looking ahead to the Ireland squad, I know that's the you announcement know, is sort of due. Uh, is there an excitement around the camp that we might see a couple of other players involved? There's guys who are performing really, really
2: well for us um, uh, and have done you know, very consistently at um, you know, the back end of last season and, and the start of this season. So you know, that's, that's all we can do for them. It's part of our vision of grassroots to green shirts is get as many players as possible to you know, to represent Ireland, and um, you know, the more the merrier. If it takes away from our squad, it's so important that over the last couple of weeks like we've been building depth in our side, so that if those guys are gone, that we've got guys who are happy to to slot in and fill the fill the space. But uh, it's not something that the lads really speak about. It's it's really a bonus for for most of them if they get that call up. But um, you know, all they can do is focus on 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 their own individual performances week in, week out, and you know, we know that. Certainly, a lot of them are on the radar uh, of the national management, and you know there's a few new heads that even the national guys are talking about there as well. So, um, look, we, we hold our we keep our fingers crossed that some of them will get selected, and we'd love to see a couple of new caps there over the over the autumn.
1: For Friday night, we're looking Kieran Marmion Jack Carty. That's sort of these sort of Sean O'Brien, Finlay Balem. There's a there's a whole list of players to come back there. Are, are there anybody specifically that you might be able to pick?
2: Uh, no, we've we've basically got a full deck. To, there's a, there's a few guys still, um, you know, just in uh, undergoing rehab. Matt Healy's maybe the one that's biggest question at the moment. But um, no, a lot of players have been rested over, you know, tactically rested over the last couple of games. Um, namely, last weekend, Karen Bundy, uh, Quinn Roo was rested. Finley Bialum was rested. Um, you know, so we've a lot. We know we've a lot of guys. Jared Butler was rested. Um, you know, Jack Carthy was rested. So we know we've a lot of guys come back into the squad, and um, now we're probably as strong as that we can be.
1: What's the mood around the squad after Saturday? I know you weren't uh, taking part, but obviously you were taking a great interest.
3: Yeah, we're um, obviously disappointed. We felt like we um, there was definitely you know we had an opportunity there to probably get some points. Um, you know, we took a lot out of it. A lot of young guys stepped up as well and played some really good, put in some really good performances as well, which I think is really good for our depth. You know, it's still pretty early in the season, and it's um, about to bleed some of those guys in. It's going to be really important as we kind of get into the season, as you know, things come up like injuries and things like that. It's going to be really good that we can have those guys like Fitzy and Colm come in, and um, they've got some experience now. They've kind of they've they felt it a little bit, and um, they'll be better better for it.
1: Looking forward now. Friday night's uh, it's a massive game. The Ospreys have a very good home record. I know they're not playing strictly at home, so that's that's another that's a challenge for both sides, maybe because nobody's played haven't played at bridge since uh, 2004. So what are you expecting from the Ospreys?
3: Yeah, it turns into a little bit of a neutral ground. You know what I mean? It's not really their home ground. Um, Mate, we're really excited to play against this Ospreys team on Friday. Um, like you said, they're in our conference. They're ahead of us at the moment by a couple of points, and um, you know if we can go well now, we can put ourselves in a really good spot and then, you know finish off what's been a, a pretty a pretty tough ten nine ten week period for us. Um, so we're excited. Uh, Ospreys, man, they've got a really good team. The way they attack, they've got a lot. Of, they use a lot of options. Um, the team controls the game really well. Where he's got a lot of forward runners that can go out the back with some, you know, big threats out in the back line So you know, we know that they've got a, a big repertoire of, of options that they can do. And you know, we've just been working really hard to kind of do what we can to control that. And then when we, we've got the ball, you know, put them put them under some pressure and you know, hopefully get the win.
1: A lot of players potentially coming back for Connacht, um, yourself included. Is there an added pressure when you've been? rested and that every, everything looks as if it's, there's a lot of focus on this game does does that concentrate people's minds? No like, I think guys
3: are always kind of getting rested and there's a little bit of rotation it kind of just worked out that there was a few guys getting rested and then there's a couple of injuries and niggles and things that kind of just all fell into one where it looked a little bit like that but no and I think guys are excited to come back you know um, the way we've been playing and the way that we train at the moment as well guys just want to be on the field and playing. So I think there's a lot of excitement. And for guys that did um, have the week off last week, you know, they're fresh and they're ready to go. And I, myself in particular, you just want to get out there and play again. And um, I don't think there's any added pressure to it. I think there's just genuine excitement.
1: Well, it could be quite a tight game and it, it could go on very small margins. And Is there any small areas that you'll be looking for improvement?
3: I think... Uh, Last week what probably let us down is a little bit of um, general error, you know, the line out didn't function as well as it probably usually does, a little bit of drop ball, and just tiny kind of details, but it just, if everyone does one thing, kind of poorly, all of a sudden you end up with 15 kind of unforced errors, so I think we just try to tidy up a few things, um, tighten a few screws. and not get too caught up in thinking that you know we need to change heaps of things. I think it's just about doing what we've been doing well and just worrying about the detail, worrying about your role. Um, and if, I think if we do that this week, then, you know that's gonna that's gonna be the difference for us anyway. And then you know what Ospreys
0: brings is what Ospreys brings. So it's looking good on the injury front. Looks like we might have a few players back, but I think the impression you, you got and certainly I got listening was that they're really going for this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the team they picked last weekend was indicative of that. There was obviously a necessity to rest players. Certain players did need uh, a bit of space, a bit of time. I tried to get out of them, were they under more pressure because they made that decision and they didn't, didn't really want to play ball on that, which is fair enough. But I think the, the comment I like came from Nigel. I asked him, was it season-defining? And he said, no maybe not defining but season shaping and I think that's an understanding they've played six games they're 50% they're three and three but this is a team that's going to be competing in the same part of the conference as Connacht and it's an eight-point game really it is because if you look at the fact that you know you've got the the November
0: internationals coming up we're going to lose two three maybe even four or five players but the way the squad was announced today, and they've got nine players missing, so that's going to that's gonna eat into
1: their reserves. Well, it is, but not for Friday, because they don't go into camp until uh, Sunday, same as Ireland. So both sides, this is a fully loaded opportunity for both sides. I know it's not at home. They're very fond of the Liberty Stadium. It's a bit of a bowl. It can be a bit soulless. Rory Field won't be. They could. They're, I'd say they're hoping for a good crowd in there. They're, their record, they got 6,000 there for an Anglo-Welsh Cup game a few years ago. It's a fascinating stadium, the brewery field. It actually closed as a rugby stadium in 1928 and reopened as a greyhound stadium for four years before they left and then somebody tried to put a rugby league team in there. Uh, It's had quite an interesting history and it's purely happening because Swansea have a soccer match on Saturday and both teams realise that on Sunday chunks of their team are going off to their respective international camps. So we're in this old-fashioned... Club ground on Friday night. Neutral venue? Not so sure about that. Jared Butler said it was a neutral venue. I'm thinking, sure. not sure. Don't think, don't think there's any neutral venues in Wales. It's going to be huge.
0: It is, and I was, I was just looking back through the fixtures. We've played Ospreys only twice before where we played them, or they weren't in the Liberty Stadium. One was in St Helens, Connacht won, and the other was in the Nall. And Connacht won! So hopefully we make, we can make it three out of three on, uh, on the weekend.
1: Well, I'm actually going to the knoll on Saturday then to watch Neath play uh, Newport. And I'll have, a bit on, I'll have a little bit about that in next week's uh, midweek podcast. I'll also be trying to find out why they didn't use either one of those grounds. They're both still in use. The other thing we'll be looking for is we'll be hoping that um, a certain
0: Justin Tipperick doesn't start at the weekend. Because Connacht have never beaten Ospreys with Justin Tipperick starting. We have beaten them while he was on the bench. The year we won the championship, but that's 11 games that he started and they've won every one.
1: He's going to start, Alan. He's the team captain. Uh, and if they'd played him that day, if they'd brought him off the bench 10 minutes earlier, they probably would have won that game as well. It's it, There's all sorts of matchups all around the pitch that you're looking for. Mm. Um, and Connacht are going to have to start quickly. They're going to have to concentrate like hell. And the one thing they really are going to have to do, and they didn't do this maybe a little enough. On, I know they, they got three chances to score in the, and they scored in the first half, but they have to use the possession and put more pressure on a defence. Ask the defence real questions. Don't just let them tackle you. Yeah. Make them work for, for their defensive success. Uh, because if you just keep being stopped, that just... Helps, you know that emboldens the, the defensive side. So, yep, yeah, it's this has a big feel to it.
0: It does, it does. So, it's a perfect opportunity, as we were talking about the defence, to just to, to do a quick review of Saturday. There's a, you know, it was a, a tough result for for Connacht, especially at, when you looked at half time, and even more when you looked at two minutes before half time. Connacht had the ball, we were going back and forth across the field. I counted fourteen Sale players in the defensive line, which meant they had one man back. Connacht were just on the halfway. All they had to do was put the ball in behind and you know make them play from, from depth. They, ha- they were playing with no confidence at that stage. Unfortunately, we tried to get the ball, turned it over, and they scored a try. And the second major turnover in the game came on 48 minutes when Connacht had a scrum. They'd survived the first seven or eight minutes of the half, brilliantly t- come out of defence, had a scrum just inside the sale half, and they tried to do a move that involved 8 picking the ball and firing it to the scrum half unfortunately Faf de clerk was in the way and, and I have to say I was slightly disappointed that Copeland didn't deal with it better he got pushed back 9 or 10 yards gave away a penalty and 4 or 5 minutes later 3 or 4 more penalties later they've got to try on the board and the game is over so I was slightly disappointed on that front but right up to that point it kind of looked like they were going to win that game
1: well, they certainly looked like they had a chance to win it. Yeah. I, I think, look, it, it's a hard game to go back over because there was no television to go back and actually have a look at. So you're having to do it from from memory. But I think they were uh, under a lot of pressure and maybe another score for Connett would have really cracked them open. Uh, but it didn't quite happen. And that's what they've got to guard against against the Ospreys. Because you, if you're only uh, six, seven points ahead, you're only one score away and good sides can turn possession into a score in 30 seconds.
0: They certainly can. So, what else happened at the weekend?
1: Okay, well a quick look at the Champions Cup first. Uh, on Saturday, uh, Munster beat Gloucester 36-22. Obviously the Cipriani sending off there getting a lot of attention and Munster picked up a lot of injuries. Uh, Rassing 92-44, Ulster 12. Ulster played really well for 20 minutes and then got rolled. And then on Sunday, the big one, in many cases in that, Toulouse 28, Leinster 27. Um, bit of a surprise result. Now, let's have a look at the Challenge Cup, which is uh, where Connacht are operating. Pool 1, uh, Claremont 70, Timashwara Saracens 12, Dragons 21, Northampton 35. Pool 2, Pau 21, Stade France a 15, Worcester 27, Ospreys 21. Pool 3, Sale 34, Connacht 13, as we know, and then just to show that you can never tell what's going on in French rugby. A strong Bordeaux side at home, 25. Perpignan with not a particularly strong side, 25. Sale with 10 points. Top in the group, Connacht have 4. Bordeaux have 2. Perpignan have 2. Pool 4, Zebrae, 20. Bristol, 17. Michael Bradley getting one over on Pat Lamb there. And La Rochelle, 64. NSI STM 20. And then finally in Pool 5, Grenoble, 19. Harlequins, 13 and Agen 20, Benetton 19 Benetton continuing the good form this season so European rugby now goes to sleep until the weekend of the 7th, 8th and 9th of December Connacht will be home to Perpignan on that weekend and then they'll be away in Perpignan on the following Friday night Uh, the home match here is on Saturday December the 8th I believe we'll take a quick break
4: We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtclan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs.
0: So the reason we're in the... Connacht Hotel tonight, William, is that um, Connacht are showing off the plans for the new stadium and they look pretty impressive
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of a an open forum sort of day, people can come along, they've been here from three, it's about eight o'clock now so they're open till nine o'clock tonight and they've got qu- people there to answer questions and quite detailed plans and it's puts a little bit more flesh on the bones of what we've seen and they're very happy, a lot of people have turned up and I think the one thing I can say, the vibe that I'm picking up is that Connacht are very open about this. They there is, they want people to ask questions. Mm-hmm. They want people to look for detail. And I was talking to Willie Rowan, uh, who was here for, for quite a long time. And he said to me, if people miss this and they want to contact Connacht, get on to Connacht, you can... Ask any question you want, if you, particularly residents. They've, they've made contact with a lot of residents. They've gone and knocked on residents' doors in the area because this, this is the sort of thing that impacts where people live and they have to look after their neighbours. Connacht have always been there. They haven't just arrived from nowhere. But there is a development here. There's going to be some changes. There will be traffic, better traffic management, I think, in place in terms of um, park and rides. And it will be a destination stadium in yeah. the city five minutes from the city centre it's located in the best place in the city and that's why it had to stay there it was never it was never moving No, it no, couldn't have moved and talking about sale I, I caught up with some fans
0: beforehand um, to ask them about the match but also what they thought of the, the stadium plans first you're going to hear from uh, Ray Kelly and then you're going to hear from Patrick, Patrick and his son Finnan Who have I got here? Ray Kelly. And where are you from, Ray? Near Portumna. OK. What have you, what have you thought of Connick's season so far? I think it's going pretty well so far. I think at the beginning of the season, any of us would have took that. Maybe a little bit of an experimental team today, so we'll see how it goes. There's a couple of guys there I haven't seen playing before. So um, I think Sailor showing something similar today. So once Chris Aston doesn't get to Swan Dive, I'll be happy. <laughs> and are you excited about this new stadium that we're, uh, that's been announced? What do you think of that? Exactly, at least we're uh, doing the right thing and keeping it in town, unlike where we are today. Who have I got with me? Uh,
4: Patrick Fitzpatrick. And where are you from, Patrick? Uh, originally from Portumna County Galway, but live here in the UK. I live in Yorkshire, just north of Sheffield. Oh, right. So this is a good trip for you today. It's a very close trip, finally, because I've visited Worcester, Northampton, Gloucester, and finally I've gotten one more closer to home. Excellent, excellent. And you've brought someone with you today? i uh, brought my little lad with me today. Uh, he's also a rugby player.
0: What's your name? Finnan, and who's your favourite Connacht player?
3: Jack, Jack Carter.
0: He's a good player. He's a good player, Finnan. What have you thought of Connacht so far?
4: Uh, it's been a mass, a vast improvement this season. You know they're playing much more like a team now, and uh, like I'm following the games on TV as well. So, but uh, there's been a dramatic change this year. So all is good again. Excellent, cool. And have you seen anything about the new stadium? Like, has it reached this part of the world? It's, it's most certainly reached this part of the world. So the great thing about social media is, is that there's been a lot of excitement about the new stadium, and it's only good for for Galway and Connacht, you know. And uh, as Connacht rugby is growing and growing, you know, it's a, uh, it's a really important thing for the club. You, you come across, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I take my son about two to three times a year, uh, but any time they're here in the UK, we, uh, we try and go and see them.
0: Fans were excited. We were chatting to some of the clan, the clan guys inside tonight as well, and and um, they're really buzzing. You know, they 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 can't wait for this to happen. It's look, it's been talked
1: about forever, and there look, there has been a development. Let's be honest about it. the clan. The clan stand was a major development um, because prior to that there was nothing over on that side of the ground. So the ground has evolved over time. I've been going there since 1974, so it's changed a lot since then. It's a lot better, but it's not really good enough in the modern era of what fans want it's a leisure spend. there will be people who will come to Sport connacht i would probably be one of them who would stand in the pouring rain and just accept that that's that's all they have but you have to go out and get people who want something more who want to be able to have a meal they want to be able to have a couple of drinks they want to be able to do it in reasonable comfort no, and, and, and you're also looking at the corporate, the corporate market because
0: there's a huge corporate market there's a lot of big companies based in and around Galway and they want somewhere to take their clients and their own people to, you know, as, as a sort of hey, hey well done guys we've done a lot of things and to be able to bring them to a, a corporate event in a, in a built up sports ground with a fabulous stadium that's very modern and high tech I, I think it will generate a lot of money which will help in the long run
1: well, you get more money. You can pay more wages. You can you can you can bring in different levels of players. That's the bottom line. You also have to be able to have a stadium that can be multi-purpose. Yes. Uh, you'll have an 800-seat corporate area or or tables area at the top of the stand, and because of its location, it's right in the city centre. So if you've people coming for that sort of thing, once you have it, then you can you can start selling it, yeah. and. But it's all about driving forward the organisation and the plans look really good. What people need is the ability to get in and out fairly quickly, to get undercover and to be able to, to be basic about it, to get to the toilet without having to queue forever. It's an entertainment industry and it's very competitive. There's a lot of people looking for that spend. Connacht have to be able to offer at the right level.
0: And it's not just, but it's not just the product. You still have thousands of kids playing the game. and There's more and more playing and they need somewhere. It's already there. Kids, I know I still do a bit of coaching and, and you say to the kids, like if we get through and we do well, we're going to get to play in the sports ground. And they're excited about it. Like how much more excited are they going to be with a, a huge stadium that's, you know, with a, with a pitch that will be able to cater for kids playing more regularly on it. And then from the players' point of view, you've got the centre of excellence. So that you'll have everything in one place.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to describe, but you're going to have the the gymnasium is going to remain, but then there's going to be a half size indoor pitch, but that's all going to flow through with your strength and conditioning rooms, uh, your medical facilities, your ice bathroom, no doubt. And yes, all, but it,
0: I saw it. There's an ice bathroom,
1: but it's all going to be linked. And it will just have that feel of a really ultra-professional sports set-up.
0: It is, and, and the other thing you know, I was asking about was the, the timeline. We, we obviously don't have a timeline with regard to when planning is going to happen, but I think they're pretty close to getting ready for planning to go in. If and when planning gets going, it's going to take two seasons. Two seasons for the whole thing to be finished. The first season, and uh, the off-season, the pitch will be laid, then they'll start working on the new uh, uh, centre of Excellence and all that. But once that's done, then they knock down the Clan Stand, and for the season that the Clan Stand's not there, everybody will be catered for on the main side or at either end. So there'll be one end, one side of the sports ground will be empty while it's being built. That'll be built. Then the second season, the main stand side will be unavailable, and everyone will be catering the Clan Stand until the the, the main side is done. So you're talking two seasons worth of. Disruption. There will be enough room for the season tickets. Season ticket holders, current season ticket holders, will not be losing their spot no matter what. They might be, have to stand somewhere differently for a season or two, but they will have access to the ground. They are going to be well catered for in the in the meantime.
1: That's the only way to do it. Um, either that, or you close the stadium down for a full season and move somewhere. And I don't think that's what anybody wants. Connaught's home will still be the sports ground. And when this is finished, if it if it looks as good on paper. If it turns out to be as good in reality, then we're in for very uh, we're, doing, we're in for a very interesting time.
0: And of course, this is this is a you know a major part of the whole grassroots to green shirts. You know the, the the thing that was launched what three four years ago, and we've seen it come through. We've seen young Colum the Butler making his debut at the weekend um, for Connacht for that green shirt. Um, So, you know, that's grassroots coming from a non-traditional area of rugby over in in, in Gualtokt coming all the way through and and wearing his green shirt. And, you know, the Irish team are going to be announced this weekend and hopefully we'll have more green shirts.
1: Well, that's the ultimate green shirt. Mm. Of course, the IRFU announced their plans today. And it's very noticeable just how much money is generated from the International rugby—that's where it all comes from. So they need players coming through to represent Ireland at the top level. Uh, Connacht have, be, have been at this for a while, but the stadium was one of the absolutely key things, and that's now starting. And I think that will be a driver for the rest of what they're looking for. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just you know, from from do do
0: do we think? I think Rosie asked us a couple of weeks ago, on Twitter apologies for coming back so late, Rosie. Um, how important grassroots green church is. I think it's it's an absolutely vital part of Connacht and, and Connacht growing and getting bigger and and improving and improving. All, you know, as
1: time goes on. I think it is, and I think it's it's given them the drive to start a project like this to go out and bang the table a bit and say, you know, it's about time. Uh, I think Leo veradker and Tishak made a comment that you know this has been done in dublin and it's been done in cork and it's been done in limerick and now it it, it, well it damn well does need to be done in galway we've been waiting a long time and we've been inclined here to always have to look for the crumbs and that needs to stop and this facility is an opportunity i think for the city to get uh, a very good facility in place And I think for for Connacht Rugby, I I think this is only the start. I don't think it's all going to... It's not a case of just building a stadium. It's not like that movie. It's not a case of saying, if I build it, they will come. There's a lot more work needs to be done to actually drive it forward. And in some ways, the day the new stadium opens is a sort of a year zero because it all starts again then. You've got to get people in there. You've got to get... The players to get the, the level of performance, so that people want to come and watch in and, bigger numbers.
0: And you also need to, you know, we talk about it's it's in Galway, it's in the city, but it's it's for the province, you know, it's for the whole of Connacht. You know, like the the major stadium and stadium stadiums in Leinster are in Dublin, the major stadiums in in Ulster are in Belfast, in in Limerick and Cork. They they sort of split it down in Munster, um,
1: but you know, invariably it's one place population. You've got to base it on your population. Um, You know, people people in Derry would say to me well we should have the same facilities as Belfast, but there just isn't the population there to have that. Mm. And hopefully when the road network is fully sorted out it'll be a lot easier. It it is if you're up in Ballina, it's a bit of a trek down here, but if you're coming down to a place that's more comfortable to go to, or you're coming from Sligo or you're coming from you know, you could be coming quite a distance down from the likes of Roscommon and Leitrim. They have to go out and they have to say to people, "Come down and have a look at this." And then that's linked into the whole city-wide project. Come to the city. There's plenty of other things to do here, and that's why it's definitely uh, grassroots to green shirts. But that encompasses more, I think, than just the the players. It's actually a whole uh, organisation and province-wide thing. It is indeed. I hope we answered your query there, Rosie.
0: We'll finish off the podcast by talking about what's coming up at the weekend.
1: Well, just have a look at at one thing, Alan, that was announced today, which is quite interesting, is uh, the RFU at HQ, at Twickers, have um, come up with a plan to change their season around a bit. So I'm going to throw a few dates at you. Not this season, but next season, their season will run from September the 21st, 2019 which is about the second week of the World Cup, until June the 20th, 2020. The following season will run from the 12th of September 2020 till the 26th of June 2021. You're, you're moving into a different... I mean, the middle of June, you have Soccer World Cups, European Championships, you have Wimbledon's. I'm thinking about the media. I'm thinking about how do you get your your message across? How do you stay relevant to the casual fan, because you're going to you're going into different sports uh, areas. It's going to be very interesting to see what Pro 14 do. I've been told Pro 14 still want to work the same system. They want their regular season to end at the end of April. They want May to be a concentration of European and their, and the Pro 14 playoffs. Uh, I think it would be a disaster, in Ireland particularly, if you if you go into June, because that's us be blunt, you're, 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 you're up against uh, the championships, provincial championships in hurling and football, which are very important to a lot of people. Very important to a lot of people who go and watch rugby as, as well as watch GAA. It's, it's a multi-sport thing. Um, but this is the start of the push for a global season. As long as Europe doesn't change. So if the European season stays and
0: finishes in May and the Pro 14 didn't let let the English go and play their game at, at the end of the season, at, in, in the middle of June.
1: Yeah, what, what definitely is going to happen is that the June overseas internationals are going to move to July and August. You know, if, if Ireland go on tour in July and they play three games in South Africa, say, and they come back, you're not going to get those players back till the end of September. So if your season starts on the 1st of September, you're going to go a full months, maybe five weeks so it is going to impact in, into Pro 14 but that is a big announcement go and investigate that and have a look it could well start to impact on our rugby and how we watch our rugby and when we watch our rugby and I'm sure the the IRFU and other organisations will be ready to to make their point Yes, should be fascinating should be really fascinating to see
0: how that goes I'm talking about fascinating what's coming up this weekend that's fascinating, William.
1: Well, we're back to Pro 14. Uh, Friday evening starts at 6 o'clock with the Kings against the Scarlets in uh, Port Elizabeth. Zebray taking on Edinburgh at 7 o'clock. Ulster taking on the Dragons at 19.55. Some funny kick-off times. And then an unusual kick-off time for us. Ospreys versus Connacht in uh, Bridgend at 5 past 8. That's the Friday fixtures and then three fixtures on Saturday. Benetton against Leinster. Huge game in our conference, Munster versus Glasgow, quarter past five. That's a big game. That Scotland will be going to a camp as well. So this is the last opportunity for a few weeks for these teams to get their really strong teams on the pitch. And then Cardiff, the aforementioned, uh, are against the Cheetahs in Bloemfontein at quarter past six our time on Saturday. And that's the seven games. Yeah, so it's back to the...
0: Standard Pro 14 after the European Adventures. Um, so it should all be good. Absolutely,
1: Alan. Uh Live on Galway Bay FM from uh, about a quarter to eight on our stream uh, with a little bit of a build-up. And then on FM from five past eight, it's going to be a big night. I have a feeling that's going to be a really interesting game. It's uh, It's set up well and I'm intrigued to see what it's like in this ground if we can get a real old style rugby atmosphere going at it something akin to what you sometimes get at the Dragons it could be the similar type of fan base turning up for this yes it's
0: yourself and, and Rob who are going to be doing the commentary so um, have a good one enjoy it
1: thank you very much talk to you soon